We've got uh, next door to us a uh, a wimpy dog. Yeah, but it's a wimpy barking dog. Yeah, and I mean when this dog is behind the fence, barks like a ferocious animal. You know, or when this dog is, is behind its owner, barks like crazy. But when the gate is opened on the fence, that dog is retreating. He's still barking, but he's running the other way. Or when his owner leaves, you know, you'd think, well, his owner's out of the way. This dog's going to come attack and tear something up. Well, no, he just keeps retreating with his owners, but still barking you know, every step. Sometimes I wonder if we in the church can be like that. You know, when we're gathered in here, you know, we're barking like crazy. We're all energetic and ready to go. But sometimes when the gate opens, then we just sort of retreat back. And uh, the call, as we'll we'll see as we walk through this uh, um journey today is that you know, when the, we are made to walk through the gate. Now, not bark. We don't be barking dogs, so there the metaphor falls apart. But you get my point. When the gate opens, we want to be ready and prepared and walking through with humility and gentleness in order to be and share the good news. When, when we're set loose from here, when the huddle, in a sense, is over, and we're back into the game. We want to be ready to engage this world with good news. In the last several weeks, we've been, been talking about different parts of that. What, how do we prepare? How do we move into a place when the gates open that we're ready to, to march in with good news? And, and the first thing we must do is be in prayer. We've got to be praying that God's explosive love comes alive in each of us. You know, that, that as we've talked about and referred to a number of times, you know, that, that God, the, the passage where Jesus tells us God is like that shepherd who has a hundred sheep and he loses one, but he leaves the ninety-nine and he runs after the one. So we're praying that that same love, that same explosive Love will be real in our lives individually and our lives uh, together. And then as, as we're praying for, for God's love to be real in us, then we open our eyes and we want to notice what's going on around us. What are the needs that are around us? What is God doing to, to continue to, to, to reach our world, to do things of justice and righteousness and goodness and kindness? And let's jump on board. Let's, let's serve then in that way. As we, as we praying, as we notice, as we, then we, we serve in different ways in our world. And we, we've talked about a number of those ways that we're serving. And we've, we've talked about how we're, we're forming missional communities, groups of people that are centered on one of those particular needs. And, and as we're on board with that, then we're inviting others. Folks that maybe don't know Christ, but they're, they're interested in those needs. We invite them on board with that. Or whatever we're doing, we're looking to invite others. And, and so as we're serving, as we're inviting others to join with us, then as we talked about last week, we're listening. One of the, the greatest uh, acts of good news is to stop and not talk, but to listen. 
to, as we talked about last week, put the spotlight on the other person. Really try to understand who that person is. There's nothing more loving than, than to be feel like you were heard, that somebody really cares about what your dreams, what, what your fears, what uh, your life is about. A matter of fact, if you were here last week, uh, gave you a, a, an assignment, you know, be on the alert that God's going to bring people across your path that, that you can listen to. And maybe some of you had great experiences where the, the Spirit was alive in you and somebody came across your path and, and, you're, and, and you listened. Uh, there's a number of you that are like, uh, he said that, we were supposed to do that, you didn't listen well. well. That's okay, you can do it this week. You can do it this week. Be on your alert for who God's going to bring across your path. Because I had three times that I, I vividly remember, and I was in the middle of them, both at work and at home, where the Spirit gently and kindly told me to be quiet. You know, I was busy giving good advice. I was busy elucidating powerfully wonderful theological truth. And the Spirit said to me, would you listen to yourself? You know, what you were saying on Sunday. And just listen to this person. So, uh, maybe you had experiences similar where the Spirit enabled you to listen, or in my case, didn't, but was still engaging and helping us to learn, to, to love, and be good news by listening. Well, in, in all of this, from the, from the prayer to the serving to the inviting to the, to the listening, there, there comes opportunities then for us to share comes opportunities where eventually someone, as, as we talked about in the a passage with Peter, where somebody will want to know, why are you doing these things? Give me a reason for this hope that you have. Why are you concerned about other things? And that's opportunity come to share our own stories, just the, the way that Christ is real in us, or that we get to share the story, the, the, the story that all of our little stories fit in. My story and your story fits into the story. And so what I want us to walk through today is one of the ways, maybe a little different than some of you have seen this, um, but others of you uh, probably haven't. One of the ways that we share the story. And so I'm going to just walk through and explain uh, this presentation of the story. And y'all should have, everybody should have gotten one in your uh, um, uh, bulletin and uh, walks through these four circles that tells the story. Now, there's also, uh, 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 I was talking to the Rosebrooks this morning, and today for them is a screen-free uh, Sunday fun day. So y'all can't do this. So this is not an emergency. But for others of you, if you have a smartphone, there's actually an app that walks through the big story as well. Just go on, uh, I know for iPhones and Androids, I'm not sure about others, but uh, you can go just search the big story and you'll find an app that walks through this um, as well. And so you, um, as long as you're not uh, celebrating a screen-free Sunday, you can. Uh, you have my permission to go and, and do that. Um, and, and again, this is, this is just a way for us to understand and describe what the story um, is. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your written word as it speaks to us of the story, of your story, the big story. And now we, we ask that your spirit would help us to, to hear that, to receive it, to understand it, to, to see our place in it, wherever it might be. Um, and to, uh, 
to, to get on board with uh, what you are doing, to make our stories in alignment with yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, as we, we walk through this, I'll add a few words here and there that uh, you can put down. And, I'll, and what I will do with us is we'll look through a, a number of biblical uh, passages that help us understand where this comes from. And, and when opportunity arrives, as God uh, sends you out to be a part of, of, a, of, a, of sharing the good news and you share this with others, you might be able to use those passages. You might not. I mean, folks that don't know Christ really aren't interested in necessarily that it has to connect with the the Bible, and that could get in the way. Um, Maybe just better to share the story, bring that in later as you're talking with someone. So, but the the first uh, point uh, in in this story, this first circle is in Genesis chapter 1, starting at the beginning, that we were designed for good. I mean, we're in relationship with one another, we're in relationship with God, relationship with creation. It is nice and neat and and simple and sweet. It's a simple picture from Genesis 1, um, starting with verse 26. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in His image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath or life, I've given every grieving plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. We, we were designed for good. And we were designed for good, really, in, in three ways. All we and me. All we and me. It, all was created good. All was to work together. You know, all of creation, uh, from the plants to the animals to the humans, all was designed for what is good. We, in our relationships with one another, you know, male and female, we were created to be in right relationship, in, in pure, loving relationships with one another, and then ultimately me, that you and me individually, we were created in the image of God, to, to know God and to walk with God. So all and we and me were designed for good. Now, in your conversation with folks as you're talking... You, one thing, notice, you know, as we walk through this, this, we'll do this today, but this might take months to walk with somebody else that's wondering what Christianity is. And they might, at this stage, it might be conversation. They might say, oh, that's interesting, um, and, uh, but how do you know that, or why do you believe that? And the, those kind of questions might come up, and so there's good time of, of interaction and good time for you to ask them questions at this time, to wonder with them. How do you think things got started? You know, what do you think is the, the point of, uh, of life? Uh, let them share with you what they believe as well so that it is conversation. That can happen throughout this journey. 
But, but we understand, and again, our point here isn't to convince, it's not to cajole, it's not in any way uh, to uh, um, force their, their hand through logical brilliance. It's simply to share the story. This is what we believe is true. That God created all that is, and he created it to be good, even very good. But what we know is that this isn't what we experience, or it's not what a whole lot of people experience. We know that things have gone bad, that they have been damaged by evil. If you move to the next circle, to the right. That, that we, we see it in the world, we, we see it in, you know, there's more slaves today than any other time in history. We see it in wars, we see it in relationships with nations and with people. And we even know within ourselves, many in their own lives are wondering, are, are out of kilter, out of touch, out of tune with what that, that good they were created for. Know that they're missing something. And that's because of our own disobedience and disregard. We, we believe that we're, we're damaged by evil because of our own disregard for God's leading, our own disobedience of God's direction, what we would call sin. Isaiah 59.2 Rather, your iniquities have been barriers between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. That, that between all of, of creation and God, that, that sin has caused a separation. It's caused that separation between one another. Galatians 5, 19 and 20. Now the works of the flesh. Now by the flesh we mean that which isn't of the Spirit. That which is not the way of God, but it's of our own making. Fleshly making. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions. There's division between us, and hence the line between the people. This, this evil that we've been damaged by, that we participate in, has caused division between people. And ultimately, it's caused division between me and God. Romans 3.23, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That every one of us are, are out of tune, out of kilter with God. That, hence why you see the, the squiggly line you know, on the circle and the separation between us and the lightning strikes between us and between the world. It's uh, all damaged by evil. But God didn't abandon His creation. Matter of fact, what God did then is enter into the world to restore it back for what is better, to re restore it back to the way that it was originally um, created. And he entered that world by becoming human. Uh, three, three words here um, that uh, you can, we can look at, both the third and fourth circle. Uh, uh, he identified, he owned, and he overcame. He identified, he owned, and he overcame. He identified with us. He identified with the world that was damaged by evil by becoming human. Philippians 2, 6-8, which we uh, looked at last week. Who, though he was in the form of God, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of the slave, being formed in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death 
on a cross. He identified with the evil and the brokenness of this world. And he entered into it. He didn't stay behind um, a, a bulletproof paragla- a piece of glass. He didn't come in some form that wasn't fully human, that could sort of avoid the evil. He entered in fully and identified with that evil to the point of death on a cross. And then he owned God the Son, Jesus Christ, then owned our sin. He owned our judgment. He he owned the sin and judgment of the world. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. He, He got what we deserved so that we could get what He deserved. That right relationship with God, right relationship with one another, right relationship with all of creation. In a sense, Jesus on the cross was saying, I'm going to stop this cycle of violence and evil. I'm going to stop it by taking it on myself. I mean, he's on the cross saying, bring it on. I'll take it all. So he takes all of what has damaged God's good creation. And then, so identifies with it. Um, identifies with us, he owns the judgment, and then finally he overcomes sin and death. 1 Corinthians 15, 55-58. Where, O death, is your victory? O where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has overcome sin and death. By identifying and owning it, he has overcome. He has conquered sin and death for all who will receive it. For any and all who will come to him and be a part of the restoration that he has for us. He restores by entering in the the cross between us. He enters in, makes us right with one another and right with God. Look at verse 58. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Then we move to the fourth circle. He sends us out into the world to heal. Now, often, for for some of us who have been in the church for a long time, we usually stop with the third circle. You know, we we say, you know, that now we're restored. God, Jesus restored us, so now receive that good news. Believe in Him. You know, you're now saved. Your ticket's punched. You're taken care of for all. And that's true. I mean, that is how, that is, we're saved, we're rescued by God because of what Jesus has done for us, not what we do. It's not because we're good enough or smart enough or right enough. It's because Jesus is. But He saves us for a purpose. That, that therefore, in that last passage, to send us out to heal, to be a part of His team in, in the world, to, to heal and make right, to pursue what is right and just in the world. So he, he, we're sent then together to heal. He comes between us, and you can see now the arrows point out back into the world, and even some of the squiggly lines are gone away. They won't all go away until Jesus returns, but we're a part of that team. 
We identify with Jesus. In Luke 4, this is Jesus, this is his mission statement. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so now what Jesus was sent to do, now we are sent to do. We're sent uh, to heal. We're sent to bring healing to all, to the world. We're sent to bring healing among the we, among one another. 1 John 4, 10, 11. If this is love, and this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. So in our relationships, and he sends us out for all to, to be, to carry out his mission. He sends us out in our relationships to be people of love. And he also has made what is necessary for us then to follow him, to be a part of that in the, the, the next passage where he calls us to identify with him, to follow him. Mark 1.17, and put the other one up there to uh, Barry, both from Mark, or what Jesus says is he calls us then to follow him. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. In Mark 2, as he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. The, 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 the call of Jesus is to believe upon him, to follow him, to walk after him, to walk in his ways. And we, we do that by identifying with him, owning our own sin, and then being overcomers together as we engage the evil in our world. Uh, the, the next um, passage in Romans, 9, Romans uh, 10, verse 9. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Part of being a part, being a part of that restoring, healing team is then inside and outside, both to confess with our lips and also to believe in our heart that it's a whole body, inside and outside, kind of commitment that we identify with Him. We own our own brokenness. You know, that we're, we've been a part of that evil. We've perpetuated it in some ways. But we confess our sins. He who's faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we are cleansed, that we're made right with God. We're forgiven because of Jesus' love for us. So we identify with him, we own our own brokenness, and then we become part of the overcomers in a um, passage in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So we identify with Jesus, we confess, we own our own sin, and then we are part of the overcoming group, seeking to be light, seeking to be salt in the world. 
we become part of the team that's sent out together to heal. Now, let's take a look then at the, the whole big picture. Again, you know, I'll walk through it so you could understand it. Um, and just the, the, the big picture, the big story of being designed for good, being damaged by evil, being restored to better, and then sent out um, to heal. And that's and a, a, one of the ways to summarize the big story. And it's a good exercise then to look at the big story and, and wonder about yourself. Where do you fit in? Where do you, where do you fit into that story? And that can be a good question to ask another. You know, where do you see yourself fitting in? And then to interact with them around that. What, what, what circle? Where do you see yourself in part of this big story? Uh, there'll be some, you know, that um, uh, will be in... Point two, and they'll be like, yeah, this place is messed up, and I'm messed up. Let's go make it right. You know, let's just, let's jump to circle four. You know, let's go be sent to heal. And that's why those two lines are there, and why that arrow, you know, that that arrow, some people will be in question too. They're like, yeah, I want to go, let's go make it right. And and the problem is, that is uh, too, um, you don't need to say this, but for our own understanding, it's too centered on us. You know, that somehow we've got what it takes to make it right. You know, that, that we can fix it if we just are educated enough or if we just make right decisions or if we're uh, um, enlightened or, or whatever. That, that's, but that doesn't work that way. The evil is in us and the evil is too great in the world for us just to organize together and be good people and to face it. It's absolutely necessary that we go through, that we, we believe it's necessary to, to, to see that third circle where we're restored because of Christ and we are empowered because of God's Holy Spirit, that we, we are in tune with God who is the only one who is good, who's the only one who can make us, empower us for good and also empower us to enter into the, the evil of this world. Now I'm going to uh, invite Sam to come forward. She's going to sing a song for us. And as she's singing, is, um, her, her prayer for us going to be inviting you just to consider as you see the, these four circles and this big story for you yourself to consider. Where do you fit in this big story? What's, where, or, there's a lot of folks that can be in the church, that can maybe just be stuck in circle three. I'm okay. You know, I got my ticket punched, so we're, we're good. And I'll just go about my own life and try to, you know, be a, um, a nice person. No. That, what God, God's inviting you, challenging us to, to be sent out to heal. There may be some here in circle two, you know, it's like, man, this place is, is this, this world is broken, I'm broken, I'm, I'm ready. I, do you, are you ready? Do you, do you want to say, yeah, Christ, come in, make me whole with you and with others and send me out to heal? There may be others of you that you got people that you know that you're in relationship with and, and God's brought them uh, to your mind. Oh, bring them to your mind now. And it might be, and, and he's saying, you need to walk with them. I'm sending you out to them, to walk with them, to love them, to listen to them, to be a messenger of good news. To them, maybe during this time, 
God will continue to encourage, support, continue to speak to you again of what, how he is sending you out to heal.